Welcome everyone to the new episode of the Truth and Raleigh podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Roman, reporting in the middle of nowhere. And one of the things I wanted to start off this week's episode is the baseball issue that's happening right now. Since February 21st until March 1st, the MLB owners and the union were talking every day. Monday, the it they talked for 12 hours plus. They talked so much on Monday that there was a deadline that was supposed to be set set on stone that if they didn't come to an agreement by 12 midnight Monday, that games would be canceled. But owners liked enough of what they talked about with the with the union on Monday that they extended that deadline to 5 p.m. this past Tuesday. Well. Like since last week, progress had ma- been made at, at a tiny, slow, snail pace. It's it's kind of like how the old internet was when you saw files transfer, which is so slow. You knew that it was going to take an hour or more before you saw the files get transferred. So you walked away and did what you had to do because it, just, it was just moving so slowly. Today, it moves a lot quicker and it's a little bit less stressful. But... Long story short, no agreement was made. The lockout is still happening. And there's there's no spring training games being played. There's no regular season. For actually, the first week or two is already canceled. By now, MLB pitchers should be at a at the second at least third second to third start in spring training. We should be hearing about a guy who's hitting monstrous home runs in spring training that should probably claim a spot if he is able to be consistent. But yet what we're talking about is that there's no baseball. I mean today the positive in baseball was that the union one union rep and one union, uh rep for the owners actually had some dialogue today but no deal was done. And, you know, it's there's several ways to look at this strike, this lockout. No, it's not a strike, this lockout. You know, the lockout started December 2nd, but they also went about four to six weeks where they didn't talk at all. Four to six weeks. If you really did not want to be in this, this situation, you don't wait four to six weeks to have a conversation about a lockout. You talk about it even prior to the lockout happening to even avoid it. I mean, it's so crazy to talk about a lockout and to talk about money and turning about figures after we after we, we just endured a pandemic where everyone who enjoyed sports didn't really like the first year in 2020 because we had to see see no fans in the stands. And then last year, we started to open up to wanting to do it more because there was a vaccine. But now this was supposed to be the season... This was supposed to be the time where maybe things would have felt more back to normal than they did the last two seasons. But yet, owners don't want to don't want to budge. It seems like the 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 union union and the players have compromised a lot more than the owners. I mean, the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is baseball baseball needs new leadership because the reality is. When you look at the NHL, when you look, and I've said this in the past, NBA, when you look at the NFL, all three of those sports have 75, 
75% capacity, full stadium, full arena for majority of the games. Where in baseball, that is not true at all. You know, besides maybe, you know, you see the Red Sox and maybe even the Cubs, who I think who, who majority of the time over 50% capacity, a lot of teams don't see that. Maybe opening day, maybe the last day, uh, the series finale, season finale uh, game. But the reality is, we don't expect, if you're a baseball fan, you know what I'm talking about. You know that, that in baseball, majority of the time, we do not see 75% capacity of the fans in the stands. We just don't. We don't. And it seems like owners are okay with that. I mean, we have owners who get money from the luxury tax and they don't invest in their teams. Two of prime example teams is, is the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Baltimore Orioles. Before this lockout had, was being put into place, they didn't look hungry to spend money. And, you know, the real, the truth is that should be a rule. You ha- There should be a rule that you, that all teams should spend a certain amount of money into their into the team. They should not look like a team who's trying to lose over 80 games or over 90 games in a season. Because when you don't invest and when you're hoping that certain young players blossom even to another level... And hoping that maybe in the next two or three years they finally become the players that you thought that you were gonna uh, be, you know, and then you start start investing money because you're getting close, or maybe you're not getting close, or what have you. But rebuilding, tanking, lack of investing—that should be a, a a rule in baseball that you cannot do that. You know, maybe that's just me, but that's that's what I really feel. I mean, the reality is stadiums, a lot of stadiums have capacity of over 40,000, could hold over 40,000 people in the stadiums. And you, if you look at the at um, teams who play 81 games, the majority don't have 40,000 each game. You may even see a lot of teams have 20,000 or less. Except for a few games where maybe there's a team that, that that fans show up for. Maybe it's the season opener. Maybe it's fireworks night and fans just want to show up and see the fireworks after the game. But long story short, that's that's baseball. And ownership has to try to do something. If it's all about money, do something to excite the fans. If, if you really want to make money, excite the fans. Do something different. Teams should invest in it in their in their um owners should invest in a team. Just it just really should. So what happens now? Like I said, maybe or maybe I didn't say, you know, there were some negotiations today, nothing was done, but it's good, it's a good sign that that ownership was talking. And I mean, are you are you uh ownership member, lawyer, whatever was talking with one of the union uh union uh, negotiators. You know, who do you blame for this whole situation, ladies and gentlemen? You know, I had a had a conversation with my with, with someone the other day and he was blaming the owners. And I don't blame the owners, I blame the commissioner cuz the commissioner should be the person who's representing both sides. The commissioner should have came in and said, "You know what? We can't go down that path of a lockout or strike. We have to have a season." After experiencing what we have experienced the last two seasons due to the pandemic, we cannot go down this road of, of a lockout. We have to do whatever we can to negotiate, to talk about how we can still have a season. Even if it takes to saying, you know what, guys, 
I think right now is not the best time to to talk about a new contract. Maybe give us two years to recover. And after those two years, and when we do recover, we could talk about everything. I think that the ownership is holding back money because of what they lost. Some are just a stingy billionaire, which is so crazy, but they're stingy and they don't want to budge and they don't want to make things competitive that they're okay with their stadium employees not having a job right now and collecting unemployment. You know, arena employees for for the NHL hockey and for NBA, they, they, they work all year long. You know, there's concerts, there's circus, there's different kinds of events where they get to have a chance to work all year round. Majority of the people who who um, who work at baseball stadiums and even football stadiums do not work all year round. They have to have a second or third job. You know, and right now they're losing because of this lockout. They lost. They lost during the whole first year of the pandemic when. There was no fans there, and it was most likely very few cooks, very few people who were cooking food, and I mean, not even though you know, other than the cooks, maybe a couple servers. There was really a lot, majority of the employees just not there. So what's going to happen? How much of how many games will be missed? Will there be over a hundred games played this season in baseball? Will we not have a whole season because because uh, the owners don't want to budge? The the union keeps on saying they want to talk. They want to have a season. They keep on talking about it more than the owners. But the real person is is the commissioner, Robert Menefried. Hopefully, hopefully I'm seeing his name right. He has to do whatever he can to help this season come along. Not to come along. To happen. You really do. So what happens now? Like I said, will fans show up once once there is games? How how how? What will it take? Whose voice would be the voice of meaning? Uh, the the whole whole voice that would bring this all together. Who's the, the voice that's not even saying anything now? That maybe should have been there from the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, it took f- they took a four to six week gap of not negotiating, and that falls on the shoulders of Robert Menefried. And that shows that falls on the shoulders of the union. And that falls on the shoulders of the owners. Because if you really love the sport, you don't allow four to six weeks of no negotiation happen. You try to prevent it happening. You you go to the table of negotiating weeks prior to it. You do whatever you can to prevent it. Off to the NBA. Things in LA are getting kind of bad. For the Los Angeles Lakers, ladies and gentlemen. Recently, there was a game in L.A. where fans were arguing with LeBron James, Trevor Ariza, and other players. I think even Carmelo Anthony. And it's that, that's how bad things are getting in L.A. That the players can't shut off what fans are saying. That they feel that they have to respond to fans who are probably just drunk and, and, and just want to get a reaction from you. And they're getting, uh, probably saying this phrase wrong, kicks and giggles, that you're even responding to them. They probably don't even mean what they're saying, but they're just saying it to get a reaction. And they win because they got a reaction from you. And 
And now you guys look foolish because someone videotaped it. I mean, the Lakers were supposed to be a top five team in the Western Conference. And right now they look like a team that's destined to lose in the playing games. What happens? Does Frank Vogel get fired? That's the question on, 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 that's on the table. A guy who actually won a championship goes from a guy who won the championship to a guy who's probably most likely going to lose his job because the Lakers are not supposed to be under 500 right now. And right now they are. The Nuggets could be the, the, the could be the version of the could be the version of the Nets in the playoffs. They didn't have Michael Porter Jr. for majority of the season due to his spinal injury. And they didn't have Jamal Murray because he tore his ACL in the playoffs. And now they have a chance and opportunity to get them back later this season. And into the playoffs, which makes them a very dangerous team. Right now, they, I think that I believe they're the sixth seed in the Western Conference. You know, and it's great that they've been able to to hold on to the sixth uh, sixth spot in the um, Western Conference. But man, where would they be if Jamal Murray was healthy the whole season or majority of the season? Where would they be if Michael Porter Jr. was healthy majority of the season? Could they be better than the Suns and better than, than Golden State and better than the Grizzlies? Would they have blown out more games? Where would they be right now? But they're going to be a dangerous team. We'll see. Well, you know, okay. The what if is that they could potentially be a great team in the playoffs. But the truth is, until we see them, we never knew if we will never know if that's the reality of being a good team. Another team that that should uh, start playing better immediately within the next week or two. Is the Nets. Kevin Durant is coming back tonight. Versus Miami. He hasn't played. Uh, he hasn't played with the Nets in 21 games. And has been rough for the Nets. In his absence. They had multiple losing streaks. One was 8 games or more. Now he's back. And there's a possibility that Kyrie Irving. Could be coming back. Because Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. Can potentially make the mandate. And the whole vaccine um uh strictness that that has been on on arenas and he basically could possibly be erasing it for being a requirement in terms of having the vaccine and if Kyrie Irving comes back and Durant is able to stay healthy for the rest of the season this is a dangerous dangerous team they still don't know what kind of team they could be with Ben Simmons cuz Ben Simmons is not close to playing but if Ben Simmons does play, if Kyrie Irving can stay healthy and play home games, and especially Durant being Durant, this is a would be one of the most dangerous seventh or eight seed teams in the um, in the NBA and especially the Eastern Conference. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what it is for the NFL, it is the College Combine in in Indianapolis. And if you don't know what the College Combine is, it's basically NFL, it's college, uh, football college athletes who come in and they do all these different exercises, test their speed, test their mechanics and all these different things. And usually what this Combine is, ladies and gentlemen, is it's supposed to help the stock of these players. You know, a guy who's supposed to be projected to be a second round guy if he performs well, he could be a first-round guy. 
a guy who's supposed to be locked for a seventh or sixth six round, uh, getting picked in that round, could maybe move up to being a guy who gets picked in the third round because of how well he, he performs in the combine. Some guys may make things worse. The guys right now who've been consistently projected to be one of the top 10 picks in the NFL and all these different kinds of mock drafts that happen with CBS, with Bleacher Report, Pro Football Focus, and the NFL.com could potentially slide out of the top 10 spot because they didn't perform well. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen, who outperforms the supposed top 10 players, who makes who who gets the eye and the attention of certain players who is going to ruin this stock who's going to look slower than than what they thought who's going to drop passes who's going to make mistakes we'll see we'll find out uh, by the end of the week we should find out who helps raise the stocks and who helps lower the stocks in terms of this upcoming nfl uh draft now, Tony Khan and AEW purchased, bought out Ring of Honor for over $30 million. This this will be interesting to see what Tony Khan does with Ring of Honor. Is Ring of Honor going to come back and have events? Which wrestlers will come back? Or is Tony Khan simply just getting all the videotape that, that he has, from, that he purchased, and basically using it as something to have for a streaming app or streaming channel or have for fans to go up and look up old matches if that's what they uh, are interested in. This past week, uh, yesterday, MGF suckered CM Punk for a hug, which led to a bloodbath, which made CM Punk look like he had some kind of concussion. He just looked like a bloody mess. But we'll see what happens. This upcoming Sunday is the AEW Revolution on pay-per-view this weekend. It should be interesting. Does does Eddie Kingston defeat Chris Jericho? Or is he just another great promo wrestler? Will CM Punk get his get his uh, revenge over MGF? Will Thunder Rosa beat the champion Brit, uh, Brett Baker? Found out this Sunday. Tune in to see what happens this Sunday in AEW Revolution. See who wins. See who loses. See see who um comes because AEW keeps on signing all these former WWE wrestlers. It will be will be interesting to see if guys like Jeff Hardy maybe potentially comes this weekend and helps his brother because Matt Hardy is does have a match. In AEW Revolution. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is my episode. This is the Truth and Rally Podcast, and I am reporting in the middle of nowhere. Remember, subscribe to the Truth and Rally Podcast on all podcast apps like Spotify, Apple, and more. And when you do when you do subscribe to these apps and to my podcast, you'll be made um, aware of when a new episode will be available for your listening ears. Again, remember, follow me on Instagram and TikTok. On Instagram, my name again is the slash in the bottom truth slash in the bottom and slash in the bottom reality slash. It sounds crazy, but that's what Instagram gave me. TikTok, you can follow me at the slash in the bottom truth slash in the bottom and slash in the bottom reality. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my episode. I hope you had a wonderful day today but even better night.
Bye-bye, ladies and gentlemen.